Hello, I'm Eilish. And I'm James. And we're both tech and data specialists from Fieldfisher Silicon Valley. So, it's official. The UK's Online Safety Act has finally received royal assent. So on today's episode, we're asking, well, what now? Making headlines with potential fines of up to 18 million GDP, or 10% of global annual turnover, the UK's new legislation could prove to be extremely burdensome for those caught in scope. But now that it's actually law, what do businesses need to do, and what do the timescales look like now that the Act has made it into its final form? So, James... I expect some of our listeners are having deja vu. Didn't we just speak about this a few weeks ago? And why are we speaking about it again now? Yeah, thanks, Eilish. So no, you're absolutely right. It's not been all that long since we were talking about the OSA having finished its journey through Parliament on our last podcast. But at the end of that podcast, we were still waiting to see when the OSA would receive royal assent, since in a lot of ways, that's the starting gun, which sets all the timers running on the various timelines set out under the legislation. That makes sense. So maybe just before we dive into some of the detail on those timelines, would you be able to give just a very quick recap of what we spoke about on our last podcast for those that weren't able to listen? Yeah, of course. So last time, I guess we basically covered three things. So the first of those was, why has it taken so long? This bill seems like it's gone on forever. And there was a while where we were worried it was going to get stuck in political purgatory. So last time we went into a little bit more of the detail about what the background was and what the sticking points are. The more probably relevant thing for those tuning in today, though, is who is caught. That was our second big topic. So we discussed last time that there are basically three main categorizations under the Act. And those are user-to-user service, So a service which allows users to encounter content that was generated by other users on the platform. Search services, so those containing a search engine that looks at more than one database or website. And then finally, pornographic content providers, which I think probably speaks for itself, but I think those who are in this category know who they are. Thirdly, we then had the question of, well, what are we still waiting on? And in that category, there's still quite a lot of detail. Because the way the Act is structured, although some of the provisions come into effect immediately upon royal assent, these are comparatively few. Some of the ones that will concern our business listeners out there include kind of banal things like the introduction, the definitions of the in-scope entities, which I just mentioned, pretty, pretty minor stuff on the whole. But what it doesn't include, and therefore one of the things that we're still waiting on last time and now are getting a bit more detail on now is some of the substance of those obligations on what you actually need to do to undertake an illegal content risk assessment, for example, what you have to do to do a children's access assessment, and what implementing user empowerment tools mean. All of that was left for secondary legislation to be adopted by the Secretary of State, and that's waiting on advice from the UK's regulator, Ofcom. Right, so now that the Act has passed, have we got any more details about that? Well, yes and no, I suppose, is the answer. So substantively, nothing has changed. The text of the bill is still as enacted the text of the Act. But we're still waiting on that advice from Ofcom. Critically, what has changed, though, is that Ofcom has announced basically immediately after Royal Assent that they have updated their timelines on when we can expect that guidance and when we're going to be able to process that once it comes out. Uh Aha. So what do those new timelines look like? Are they more or less what we expected? Well, in some ways, they're actually a bit more generous than I think we'd been expecting. 
So last time we spoke about the fact that all the delays in passing the bill meant that Ofcom actually had a bit more time for preparation than had initially been anticipated. So there was maybe a bit of fear lingering around that they might come charging out of the gate with these aggressive implementation plans that could even hew closer to the pre-delay roadmaps that they published. But we know that Ofcom have confirmed again, at least, that they're going to be approaching this in a phased approach. So there are going to be essentially three phases, kind of like we talked about last time. Yes. Okay. So the first, as I understand it, is going to be illegal harms. And now we know that that will be kicking off almost immediately. Yeah, exactly. So the first consultation will be opening on the 9th of November. So depending on how soon you're listening to this, I guess it might already be open. Um, That said, though, the relevant illegal harms code connected with the consultation are not expected to be approved until the last quarter of 2024 or the first quarter of 2025. So as much as companies are going to need to start looking at is there a legal harms risk assessment up and running in time, I don't think it's going to be quite as frenetic a start to 2024 as we feared that it might have been. Okay, so then the second is dealing with child safety, pornography, protecting women and girls. Um, And similarly, that will be starting quite soon. Exactly. So the consultation on draft guidance for the hosts of pornographic content, we've now been told by Ofcom, will start in December of this year. But again, some of the other pieces that we'd expected to come out quite quickly have thankfully been pushed back a bit. So, for example, the draft guidance on children's access assessments, and that's one of those obligations that basically applies to everyone who's in scope, those aren't expected until spring 2024 with Q2 of 2025 being targeted as the point at which services will actually be on the hook to complete those assessments. Great. Thanks, James. So finally, then, the third phase deals with the duties imposed on categorised services. Can you talk me through that? Yeah. So these categorised services, this refers to the higher risk service providers, which are labelled under the Act as categories 1, 2A and 2B. Ofcom has now suggested that Those thresholds, so what you need to clear in order to fall into those categories, will now be set around Q3 of 2024. So again, it's still a bit further away than I think we'd expected. And the codes which apply to those groups, so the obligations that it actually opposes on them, those aren't going to come into force until Q1 to Q2 of 2026. So it's still a good few years away at this point. In other places, we've talked about how, in some ways, this feels a bit weird. It feels a little bit like putting the cart before the horse. So as a point of contrast, if you look at the EU's Digital Services Act, the DSA, under that legislation, the obligations on the largest platforms come into force first. And here, I mean, we're really talking about a few dozen companies. So it's the Amazons, the Googles, the Metas of this world. It's not the 100,000 companies which Ofcom is expecting to fall into scope. But by, for example, under the DSA, making sure that those obligations came into force for the biggest companies first, what that meant is that the smaller companies had the advantage of the experience of the big dogs in order to develop their own compliance strategy. Here, those small companies don't have any such luxury. Admittedly, though, there's perhaps some thornier issues here when we're looking at the Online Safety Act, so it maybe makes sense that they're going to need some more time to be able to grapple with that. Great. Thanks so much for that, James. So it sounds like it really it's going to be more of a marathon than a sprint then. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. In the last few months, we were getting a bit nervous. It was all going to be a bit of a mad scramble at the start of the year 2024 to get through those phase one obligations. But it now looks that whilst we're getting started right away, this is going to be a process which spans out over the next few years. Okay, so then in terms of that getting started uh, for our listeners, what should businesses be doing now? Yeah, so as we said last time as well, I think, 
the first immediate priority is probably figuring out whether or not you're in scope. If you can determine that you fall under one of those Schedule 1 exclusions that have been set out under the Act, for example, it might be that you can just avoid having to deal with any of this at all. By contrast, if you are in scope, you're going to want to know that now so that you can start building a compliance plan accordingly. I think the second step is then really to think about what's going on with this consultation process. If you've got the scale and you've got the resources, absolutely engage as much as you can. If you're in scope and therefore you've got the threat of these enormous fines or even the potential of personal liability hanging over your head, I think a lot of businesses are going to want to take this opportunity to have their voice heard and to engage with this process that might define the standards not only to be imposed under this legislation, but if we look across other examples like the Children's Age Appropriate Design Code, could also form a template for what's followed by legislatures in other jurisdictions as well. Finally, I think probably the third step that businesses should be thinking about now is building a compliance plan and getting your ducks in a row for next year. As we roll around to the end of the year, no doubt people are going to be starting to look at budgets and figuring out what the next development cycle looks like. And it's really about figuring out the things that might trip you up if you don't notice them beforehand. So if you've determined that you're in scope and you've been keeping up with the obligations with what's coming out of the consultation process, you're probably still going to have a fair amount of changes that you'll need to implement or changes that you'll want to prevent being implemented before the end of next year. And so you'll want to make sure that you've got a plan in place about how you're going to get around that. And you probably want to have something at least rough in place by about Q1 2024, we're thinking. According to the current timelines, at least, that should line you up with the end of the first consultation phase on illegal harms. And for those of you who are also working to comply with the EU's Digital Services Act by February will mean that you can also push this out until after you've wrapped up that other project. Thanks, James. That's really helpful. So to offer a bit of a recap there, the online safety bill is now UK law and among the provisions which come into force immediately are some of the scoping provisions. So businesses can evaluate with confidence whether or not they fall within scope. A lot of the remaining detail is still forthcoming from Ofcom, but the starting gun has now been fired and we're looking at something of a marathon rather than a sprint. So businesses should therefore be doing their best to be engaged throughout the consultation process. And potential penalties and the extent of obligations under the Act are seriously burdensome. It's not surprising 10% of global annual turnover has been making the headlines. So businesses should be thinking about how they are going to build that compliance programme in the next year. Yeah, that's it exactly. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, James, for those insights. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the latest episode of Fieldfish's Bite Size Legal Podcast, your source for concise legal updates on the key legal developments in technology and data protection law. As always, if you have any questions about today's update, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And if you found it useful, do make sure to give us a like or a review on the podcatcher of your choice. Thanks for taking the time to listen and we'll see you again next time. Thanks, Alish. See you next time.